Okay, let's go ahead and watch some fantastic FCCers read our scripture for today. Then we will pray and jump in and study. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. That it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart, as you would Christ. By not the way of eye service, but people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, reentering service with a good as, as to the Lord, as not to man. Knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bond servant or is free. Masters, do the same to them. And stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and that there is no partiality with him. All right, friends, pray with me, and then we'll get started. Lord, we come to you in this room, in our homes, focusing our hearts and our minds and our spirits on you and your word. God, help us to understand this letter to the Ephesians this morning. Help us to understand what Paul was trying to say to them so that we can learn the same truth, so that we can become more like Jesus. God, we pray for change. Use your word to change our hearts today. Amen. So a few months ago, I was watching an interview with a skateboarder out in California. He was ripping through a famous beachfront skate park and doing some pretty crazy and amazing stuff all around the park. When he stopped, some other skateboarders began talking with him and they were asking him questions about his backstory and trying to figure out how he got so good at his craft. One of them asked him, how do you warm up? Do you start with small tricks and work up to the harder stuff? And he replied, not really. I mean, I stretch a little bit and might do some small stuff to loosen up, but then right away I jump on the biggest, scariest ramps first because then after I skate on that stuff, everything else seems small and I'm not intimidated for the rest of the day. Immediately, everyone around him, everyone's jaws dropped. What a crazy idea. He didn't waste time each day on the easy stuff, but in essence said, I start with the scarier stuff. I start with the harder stuff. And when I have confidence in that, everything else seems easy. It may seem strange, but as I was meditating and chewing on this section of Ephesians and trying to figure out the bigger and deeper idea that Paul was trying to communicate to us, this interview popped up in my mind. This idea of focusing on the hard and scary first so that we can then meet the easier and simple, simpler challenges with confidence seem to apply here. And you might be thinking, what are you talking about, Tyson? This passage has nothing to do with difficult and scary stuff. Well, actually, it kind of does. Paul here is talking about loving like God loves, specifically in our closest and at times hardest and scariest relationships. Our husbands and wives, our children, our parents, our employees and employers. So let me explain some more. 
it occurred to me while I was reading chapters 5 and 6 how little Paul actually instructs us about these relationships. If someone wants to adequately say something about how to be married successfully or how to parent with excellence, you don't write only a couple paragraphs in the back of a letter to a church. You write a book. I mean, in this passage, Paul writes one verse to fathers. When you, write, when you want to write advice for these roles, one verse doesn't cut it. A couple paragraphs don't cut it. In the large scheme of things, Paul really doesn't write very much at all about these relationships. Why did he write so little? As I wondered about this question and explored the context of the letter, it finally hit me. Paul wrote so little instruction because it was not his intention to write instructions here on how to fill these roles exhaustively. Paul was using these relationships that almost everybody has to illustrate a bigger, more important idea. So often what we want from the Bible is for it to just tell us what to do. So some may come to this passage and want to read it like an instruction manual. And though we could do that, and we would be a little better for it. However, if we read it that way, we are missing deeper truth and a much larger picture. We are missing the heart issue. When we read it like an instruction manual, then we are just too close to the text. So get on the context elevator with me. Let's ride up several floors. We're going to look at the bigger picture here, looking at the whole context so that we can see the larger principle that Paul is trying to get across to us. Ephesians is a letter that Paul wrote to a church trying to teach them just how amazing Jesus has made their relationship with God. Paul teaches the Ephesians truth like how we are all God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. And truth like how we all now have access to God the Father when we have faith in Jesus, which we didn't have that access before Jesus. And truth like how we are invited to be fellow members of the one household of God and all it takes is faith that Jesus has removed our sin. And truth like how there is no longer a dividing wall between us, but God has made us one new unified humanity in Christ. And all of these truths are true only because Jesus was willing to submit himself to the will of God the Father. Jesus set aside his will and submitted to the Father's mission. Jesus came and put himself under the mission of God to reunite us to the Father and to make us into his one new unified humanity. So then Paul challenges us if we are a new unified humanity under Christ, live like it. Paul says in Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 3, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And again, expounding on this challenge, starting at chapter 4, verse 32, and moving into the first part 
of chapter 5. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. A little later after this, Paul adds to what uh, imitating God and walking in love looks like with the statement, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And it is this challenge to walk in a manner worthy of the calling and to bear one with another in love and being imitators of God and walking in love and submitting one to another. All of this is the context, the starting point of this relational section, this section where Paul then gets into our relationships to illustrate what this looks like. So if Paul then digs into the examples of what this looks like practically, he talks about what it looks like for a wife and then a husband and then children and parents and then servants and masters. So here we arrive at our passage for today after being challenged to bear with one another in love, to imitate God, to walk in love, to submit to one another, we look to see what these things look like in our closest relationships. So read with me, starting Ephesians 6 in verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. So what does it look like for children to imitate God and walk in love and submit to the mission of God in relationship to their parents? It looks like obedience. It means following and not fighting back. It means having a humble attitude. And what's amazing is that when children obey their parents, not only is it good for their parents, but it works out to be good for the children. There is less stress and strife. Self-discipline is learned. They learn how to have an easier and longer life. And God is glorified. The truth is, it is always to our benefit to do these things in our relationships, even if it doesn't feel like it. Verse 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So what does it look for fathers to bear with one another in love and to imitate God and submit like Christ did for their children? It means not being antagonistic toward their children with their authority, but carefully considering the discipline that works towards the child's ultimate good and to consider the instruction needed to lead their child to Christ. All right, verse 5. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or free. So how do employees walk in a manner worthy of their calling, submitting to the ultimate good for their employer by serving 
sincerely well. Not working hard only when people are watching, but working hard in order to, in order to honor God and genuinely do good for their employer. And Paul reminds us, don't worry, all your submissive work towards your employers will be paid back to you. Like I said before, the truth is, it is always to our benefit to walk in love and imitate Christ in our relationships, even if it doesn't feel like it. Verse 9. Masters, do the same to them. Do the same what? Walk in love. Imitate God. Submit to what is ultimately good for their servant. Masters, do the same to them. And stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven. And that there is no partiality with him. Paul here is reminding masters and all of us that each believer has access to the Father. Each believer is an equal part of the household of God. And Paul proves that he 100% believes this truth by including children and servants in this passage in the first place. At that time in, ancient, in the ancient culture, children and servants had no free agency. They were property. The father or master directed their lives and treated them as he wished. But just as the Bible normally does, even in the Old Testament, the Bible takes the cultural norm for socially oppressed people and challenges the reader to lift them higher. And Paul here in this book of Ephesians sets them on equal footing for, as for access to God and all of his blessings. As the first half of this letter to the Ephesians states, everyone is the workmanship of God. Everyone who puts their faith in Jesus has no long, is no longer strangers, but are allowed to be fellow members of God's household. We are all invited to be a part of the one new humanity under Christ. And we are called to live like this, to live like these are truths with all of our relationships, imitating God by submitting to loving our brothers and sisters in Christ. Well, I have one more stop to make, so get on the context elevator with me one last time. Let's go up one last floor and see from just a little bit higher of a perspective. Turn with me to Ephesians 3, 14. And it says this, For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. Paul here is stating how he is submitting to the mission of God's love for the Ephesians. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints, with all the other believers and Christians, that you will be able to comprehend what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Paul says here, I submit to suffering out of love for you, Ephesians, so that you can experience and know just how much Jesus loves you and so that you can be filled with God. This is the big why. This is why we bear 
with one another in love. Why we imitate God. Why we walk in love. Why we submit to one another so that others and we may come to know the breadth and length and height and depth of the love of Christ. Children and servants, you pursue goodness toward your parents or masters so that they can have a small taste of the goodness Christ extends towards them every single day of their lives. And just like you have to choose daily to obey or serve or submit, you will experience how God daily makes that same choice for you. Parents, use your discipline and instruction to submit to God's mission of good for your child so that they can experience a taste of the love of Christ. Also, your daily choice of choosing God's good for your child will remind you of God's daily choice of choosing good for you. When I was around the age of 14, I was learning this truth on a simpler level. I remember learning that if I obey my parents, it would honor God. Speaking frankly, and I know my parents are watching this now, but speaking frankly, I didn't want to obey my parents because of how awesome they were. They will be the first to tell you that they aren't perfect parents, except for my dad. He thinks he was pretty perfect. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Dad. You don't have to get angry at me later. I'm just kidding about that too, Dad. <laughs> okay, so yes, I didn't obey because they deserved it, but I chose to obey. I chose to obey because every time I did, it honored God. And that is what I wanted to do. My dad reminded me of this story when we had lunch this past Thursday, and he noticed, he reminded me how he noticed when I started doing that at the age of 14. And he noticed my life start to change at that moment. And it only improved from there. And he has told me before that it was that change that he saw in me that provoked him later to check his own relationship with God and pursue God himself. So I have a question for you that we're going to ponder in just a minute together. Friends, do you choose to imitate God by submitting to what is good for those closest to you so that they might experience the love of Christ. Let's think about this for a minute together. So yes, this passage is saying, children, submit. Fathers, do not provoke. Servants, 
obey. Masters, stop threatening. You can follow those straightforward words and be better for it, but it is also saying something far deeper. It is saying submit to God's mission of love for one another. In so doing, you imitate Christ. In your marriage, imitate God in Christ so your spouse can know him more. In your parenting, walk in love so that your children can know him more. In your job, submit to God's mission of good for your boss so that they can know him more. Do this with all of your relationships, starting with your closest and at times most difficult. If you can become good at doing this with those close relationships, you will have full confidence to do it in all other relationships. Pray with me. Jesus, thank you for submitting yourself to the mission of the Father. Thank you for submitting to loving God and his mission and then loving us more than yourself so that we can have right relationship with you, so that we can be united together, so that we can then have right relationship with one another. God, what your word says right here is impossible. We cannot love our closest relationships more than we love ourselves. We have to have your help. We have to have your direction. So I, so I ask for the Holy Spirit to direct us that in those moments, we can hear your voice saying, love them instead. God, make that change in us. Change our hearts and soften our hearts towards our closest relationships. We love you, Jesus. We're thankful for you.